Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Louanne Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. We know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Hi, everybody. To kick things off today, I wanted to tell you about a new ministry that my buddy here, Luann, <laughs> and two other women are starting in upstate South Carolina. If you are blessed enough to live in our part of the country, <laughs> you may want to take advantage of this. What these three ladies are doing, that God has put on their heart to have um, what may end up being monthly gatherings for women yes. that will be uh, usually on Saturday mornings. Yes, we'll, we'll probably shoot for that. It's called Cry for Freedom, and I'm going to let her tell you about the first one and when it is and how to sign up for it. Yes, wonderful. Well, thanks, Mary, and I appreciate that. This is something that the Lord placed in one of our friends' hearts, mm -hmm. but actually it was birthed about three years ago. The three of us were standing outside one of their homes on, in the driveway talking, and one of the women said, I think the three of us are supposed to do something together. And here we are three years later. It's called Cry for Freedom. The tagline is your holy invitation for refreshing and revival of heart. We're having such a desire to make sure that women really get to the core of things in their heart that have caused such brokenness mm -hmm. and finally be free from them. So we're going to hit on so many different things about how to be free in different ways. One of our women, Kirby, will be speaking on, it's all about abiding. She'll be talking about your walk with Jesus, how important it is to have that consistent quiet time. I will do it on the power of the armor of God that we must be clothed in spiritual warfare clothing in these days and in this hour. Um, we have no problems of laying on of hands or anything like that afterwards with altar calls. Our third speaker is, her name is Jackie Herwin. Hers is on experiencing the presence of God in prayer. And I'm telling you, she is a fireball and she really will go to the depths of what it'll mean to really go to that higher level in your walk with Christ okay. and be able to be free mm -hmm. once and for all. We can walk this walk free. We don't have to always be going back to the things that, that easily entangled dead us. Things. Yes, yeah. the dead things. Thank so, you. So tell us when it is and how to sign up. Yeah, it's going to be Saturday, April 23rd from 9 to 1. It's going to be at Infinity Church in the Fountain Inn. And Which you can sign up. Like a suburb of Greenville. You can register. I'll give you the person's name. Her name is Noel Adams. That's N O E L A D A M S 008 at gmail.com. And then you just pay at the door. But we need registration so we know how many are coming. <laughs> how much is it? It's $25 okay. a person. There's no lunch or anything. There's right? no lunch. No. Okay. Actually, the Lord specified no lunch. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, because I know He it's wants us to go to the heart and the meat of where everybody's say, at. No lunch, but lots of meat. Yes. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I know there it I'm is. Going. We hope that many of you will too. Thank you. All right. So now we're going to jump into our topic for this week and probably next week. Well, definitely. Yes. It's going to take two weeks at least. So let me introduce it this way. You remember Vicks VapoRub? Yes. All right. So we have a Vicks humidifier <laughs> thing that we run in our bedroom in the wintertime because the air is real dry. 
So I recently needed to buy these little replacement pads that go in the humidifier that smell like eucalyptus. Oh, yes. This is <laughs> yeah. all cleared out. Yeah. I didn't know exactly how to put them in. So I was reading the directions. And there were so many warnings on this thing that were so oh, insane. So some of the warnings that were on this thing were like, don't rub them on your eyes. Who in a million years would take this little eucalyptus pad and start rubbing it on your eyes? I'm going, seriously? Obviously somebody, because they wouldn't have put it on. And then it said, be sure not to eat them. I'm like, yeah, because I was just going to tuck one right in between my cheek and my gum, you know, to give me that little vapor rub taste all day long. Anyway, I wrote one of my newspaper columns about all of the crazy warnings that are on products because that really prompted my thinking of how ridiculous it's gotten in our world where they're trying to avoid lawsuits. So they put the stupidest warnings. And then I thought about the contrast that when God gives us a warning, it's Mm. never frivolous or unnecessary or insulting to our intelligence. Yes, The only time that he says, don't do this is when the this is going to end badly for us, when he knows that we're headed off a cliff. He has definitely given us a lot of commands in his word, but it's always because he doesn't want us to hurt ourselves, and, and none of them should be discarded or thrown away because it's for our good. And a lot of the commandments have to do with sex. And so our topic for this week and next week is particularly aimed at parents of teenagers to help them navigate this. And Luann has written two books. Before her most recent book, she had written two other books that had to do with teenagers and their Mm -hmm. sexuality. And one was for girls and then one was for boys and mm-hmm. i'm gonna let her tell you about those okay talk about this. well you know what this is what where this all stemmed from because i always have people asking me why in the world do you talk about sex to the teenagers so much and to be honest i used to go to the abortion clinics and uh counsel girls before they went in mm-hmm. trying to keep them from going in and that was way back in the 80s early 90s and i was teaching at the time and the lord spoke very clearly to me and he said get them before they get here. And so I had an audience because I had all these high school students all those years. I can't believe you just talked about warning because the Lord told me to be a watchman and the watchman cries out a warning. And so he took me to Ezekiel 33.1 and he said, this is going to be who you are in this place. And it was 17 years that I was there. And here's who the watchman is. This is Ezekiel 33, 1. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the sons of your people and say to them, If I bring a sword upon a land and the people of the land take one man from among them and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows on the trumpet and warns the people, then he who hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning and a sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warnings. His blood will be on himself. But had he taken warnings, he would have delivered his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and a sword comes and takes a person from them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from the watchman's hand. That's a heavy charge. And then verse 7 says, Now as for you, I have appointed you a watchman for the house of Israel, so you will hear a message from my mouth and give them warning from me. And to this day, when they say, I learned so much, I learned so much, I learned so much, it was all just coming from the Lord. Let me throw this in because I mentioned your books. The one for 
men or young men is called the warrior within young men standing strong in a reckless world yes and then the one directed more to young women is young hearts pure lives Mm -hmm. equipping young women to stay pure in a reckless world and both of those are available on luann's website luannbotta.com and that's in our show notes so you can order them that way are they also on amazon yeah i think so okay i think they still carry them yes and and one thing to let you know they're a study there's questions at the back of each chapter that i want the kids to think when we walk through some of this stuff that we're going to point out if we would just think before we act it would change everything i knew those kids so well i needed to write it out so that I could help others. Yeah, it multiplies your ministry. Yes, correct. Yeah. Because it's more nobody wants students. to hear it though. That's the hard part. Nobody wants to hear no in this. Yeah, they true. just don't. But I watched and I saw heartache after heartache mm-hmm. after heartache after heartache. Yeah, I have too. So I've talked to a lot of women that are grown up, yes. all grown up, but their regrets. The toll it's taken on their marriages. Yes. So many things go back to the bad decisions they made as teenagers yes. in this area. It's a big deal. Let's see. The verse that talks about flee sexual, sexual immorality, immorality mm-hmm. every other sin. Is outside the body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Right. Our pastor recently preached on this, and it was so good because he talked about how it's not that, that there's a hierarchy of, of sin, but mm-hmm. sexual sins, and that verse points it out, there's a, a soul connection there. There's a, yeah. something that happens in the spiritual realm, mm-hmm. and this is something that you'll never hear in the world. But that's why when we sin in that way, it's more than just, oh, I didn't do what the Bible said, or God's mad at me. It's like you are actually wreaking havoc on your own spirit, your own mind, Mm. your own emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get connected to people. Well, the two become one. That's what the Lord said. And so promiscuity, people are leaving little bits of themselves all over the place. place. That's right. That takes a toll. It's not just emotional sex is emotional, spiritual, mm-hmm. physical, mental. It's your whole self. And we only have a society that talks about it in the physical realm. But what's happening in the spiritual realm, every time you hook up with somebody, mm-hmm. you have just made yourself one with them. In the sight of God, you made yourself one. You can't say anything else about that. You just did. So now you could be carrying some traits because you made yourself one. I would tell my students all the time, if they were in sexual relationship together, then they're trying to break up and they can't. There's this pull and this hold. That hold is that oneness. There's really no such <clears throat> thing as casual sex. No. Our culture would tell us that there is. Yes, correct. And those hookup apps that like Tinder and different ones like that, I it just blows my mind. When you become one with somebody, you're you're just taking them with you. And then you get married and then you're trying to not remember yeah, you then brought you start, someone else into the relationship. Well, you sure did because now you're comparing. You're yeah. comparing how you were treated. You're comparing mm-hmm. how the relationship was in bed. You're comparing. That is not how God intended it to be. He didn't want it to be that way. That's why he placed it just within the context of marriage. And I know that that is not what anybody wants to hear. This is the one thing I would tell the students all the time too. This is not the unpardonable sin, mm-hmm. but what it does because one partner becomes two and two becomes three. In the society and the culture we're living in now, that can be even more than that. Right. And I have this chart that I always show them. It's from the Center for Disease Control. And it just shows that when you're with 
just so many people, they have calculated you're with a whole lot more than just those two or three. It has caused disease. Mm -hmm. That was never God's intention. Right. He didn't say, I want you to have all these people and try all these people out. And then when that person you think you really love, okay, that's the one. He never intended it to be that way. It's never his way. Right. Which goes back to the introduction that I had. He never tells us not to do things unless those things are going to hurt us. I think you get callous, to be honest. And a lot of times a trust issue could come into that marriage. And it was because if, if you've cheated before you got married and no one's thinking they're cheating, but you're cheating, you know, you may not always get an STD. The consequence may not be an STD or pregnancy. Mm -hmm. It could be that mistrust that you have to walk through, that you're going to have to deal with. It might be something like that. God is a forgiving God. When I wrote those books, when I was talking to girls, I honed in on their image. And if they don't value themselves in the eyes of the Lord and only value themselves by the way society tells them to, they'll be confused and they'll think that they're not worth much Mm -hmm. because they'll just start comparing themselves. And because of what we have going on with social media, these kids, guys and girls are getting caught up in this having to be perfect, having to have this guy who has a great body. Boys are now working out, trying to get their six pack. Mm -hmm. It was not like that when I was teaching. But now you have to be dating and you have to have a boyfriend and you have to have a girlfriend or you must hook up. It has caused this just awful situation for these kids. Yeah, absolutely. Well, whenever we go out of bounds with yes what god how he created us to be we're just asking for woundedness and brokenness i was telling some ladies i was talking to the other day that if we could just ourselves believe this but also communicate this to our kids while they're still teachable yes (laughs) probably before they're teenagers that Satan has one goal in our lives, to kill, steal, and destroy. That's right. John 10, 10, Jesus told us that. That's right. But Jesus said he came that we would have life and have it abundantly. So in every situation, whether we're talking about sex or or any of the choices that we make, at whatever age we are, we can either choose the lie Mm -hmm. of Satan Mm -hmm. or the life that God offers. And if our kids are trained to choose between the lie or the life, then they could go into their teenage years, hopefully, realizing what traps are out there. And this is probably the biggest one that teenagers deal with. Yes, they have said to me it's the biggest burden upon them. And it's just hard. For guys, it's that macho thing, the mm-hmm. locker room, the all that. Mm-hmm. You feel like they have to have their stories to tell, their conquests. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. I think for girls, you can tell me if in your experience this is wrong, but feeling like they'll never be able to be loved or to have a guy or to end up married if they don't compromise in this area. Yes. Insecurity. Oh, very much so. And uh, girls yeah. are always looking to be loved. Right. They, they want to be loved. And so, oh boy, I used to get on those boys all the time about treating a girl wrong. One boy told me he recognized how naive some of the girls are. And he would start laughing. Miss Bottom, I'm just trying to tell you, I can tell the girls that are naive who think that, and he was very popular, that if he started to t- tell her that he liked her when he really didn't, that's all she needed to hear. And, it, and so I can't imagine how much worse it is now. Also with Instagram and the kids are on there meeting strangers and thinking that everybody is really fun and funny and the best person. And I got to get to know them. And then once they meet each other, I know you're not what I thought. Mm -hmm. And then everybody gets hurt, particularly the girl. 
thinking that I thought he liked me. He was saying to us all these nice things. And then once they meet, he doesn't want anything to do with her or her, him. It's just a mess. I would tell the girls all the time about the story of Leah and Rachel in the scriptures because Jacob loved Rachel. Look, he worked seven years for her and then he ends up with Leah. We know the whole story. But the one thing he says, and it's a key, key line, Leah, she thought that once she had kids, because Rachel wasn't having the kids and she was, Mm -hmm. she said, well, now Jacob will love me. Well, now I'll have his attention. And it Jacob never loved her as much as he loved Rachel. What I would tell the girls is you're looking for love and you're thinking, if I give him this, he'll love me. Mm-hmm. But look, she was with somebody who was her husband and he still didn't love her as much as he loved Rachel. Uh-huh. And so I said, so when you look at those kind of things and think that, oh, I'll just be loved, that is not the truth. It's trying to catch them and getting them to understand that this is a big deal. It's not just, oh, he's cute and let me just whatever. So I put it in both the books that God has a plan. And I really pretty much told both of them in in particular ways, because I split the book up, obviously, because they're going to talk to boys about some things that I wouldn't talk to girls. And the kind of fun thing was when I was a teacher and we would have these classes, I had the boys on my own too. And oh my gosh, I learned a lot from them. Mm -hmm. And I loved going into their their class. And because I wasn't embarrassed to talk because mm-hmm. they were freaking out that I was talking to them about so many things, <laughs> real, real honest, they would freak out. I'm like, Oh, stop. It's how God made us. I'm just trying to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Once I did that, it was such a freeing class. And I was noticing the boys were much more freer to talk than the girls. And then the girls didn't say a whole lot or I'm noticing it actually more now than I did back then. Girls are really changed dramatically in the time that I had been a teacher to what it is now. They really have changed. So mom out there and dads, if you're listening, teenage girls have changed dramatically. They're very aggressive. They're the aggressors in the relationship, a lot of them. But I blame a lot of it on the media, movies and TV and influencers. And so all of a sudden our girls have become the aggressors. And you know, it's so funny that one thing, and I used to say this to a counselor, she was a crisis pregnancy counselor, or I brought some of my students because I didn't think they were pregnant and I brought them to her. When I would talk to her, I always said, you can't teach somebody shame. Mm. You can't teach somebody you should not feel good about yourself doing this so constantly. And I said, so unless someone knows inwardly the sin from this, I can't make them feel bad. (laughs) To this day, I still have students. I know some of you guys are out there listening. I love you dearly, 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 dearly. Mm -hmm. And still to this day, I have a relationship with them. Why? Because I was honest. Mm -hmm. I was honest about everything. And so 20 years later, we're still connecting. I'm not saying to get the book because I I wrote the book. I put so much in there. I put bullying, uh, girls and guys, both sides. I talked about sexting. I talked about STDs and what they mean, what they do to your body. I talk about how condoms aren't the answer. Are these written to the teenagers or to the parents? To the teenagers, but I have many parents that bought it because they want to go through it with their child. Okay. Conversation starter. Very much so. Because yeah. I think what it is, is it's hard to talk about the topic sometimes for yeah. parents. And I think that this will make it easier. I think it also would make it easier if the parent read it. And even if they didn't do the study with their child, 
they could bring up pointers. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, your child's going to say, boy, mom, that was really good. Where'd you get that from? No. <laughs> I'm just saying. Did, you, no, yeah. did, you, did your mom talk to you about no, this? No, 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 no. Mine didn't either. I remember I came home when I was like 12 from school and there was a book on my bed about baby animals and parent animals and it was the weirdest thing and of course i grew up in a neighborhood where there were other kids around all the time so i already already knew the scoop on all that but that was it that was the extent of the conversation which was not a conversation i know but we're in different times now very much so in a couple of episodes we're going to be doing one on parenting yes how to keep your kids from getting caught up in the cultural streams Mm -hmm. so we won't go too far into that on this episode Okay, if I can just add, one thing I wanted to say is when you're talking to your teenage daughter, to really let them know, and this is what I really want to still say to teenagers today because they don't think it of themselves, is that they are worth waiting for. Mm. That there's a respect that you have for yourself that doesn't just automatically give yourself away. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's missing tremendously. I don't know if it's not spoken about in youth groups or Christian schools. I'm sure it is, but those kids struggle desperately. And I want the girls to know specifically that they're worth waiting for. Mm-hmm. I tell the students all the time that girls that are really sleep around or act like they're having such a great time are crying on their pillow. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And they're not going to tell you that Mm -hmm. because it makes you popular, I suppose you can say. I had somebody, it was years ago, I was at a Christian school and I was talking to their high school and they they gave me the opportunity, talked at their chapel. And I said, I'll be here if anybody wants prayer. And there was a line waiting and this one girl, she's walking towards me. And I was like, Lord, man, the look on her face is as distraught as Mm -hmm. I've ever seen a kid's face. She comes up to me, tells me her name, told me she was a sophomore. I said, honey, how can I help you? And there were a couple of boys, they yelled out her name and waved to her. And she got tears in her eyes. And she goes, did you ever hear of friends with benefits? And I said, yes. And she goes, well, that's me. And I said, those boys? And she said, yes. And I'm known for that. Oh. And she started to cry. And this was at a Christian school? At a Christian school. I did not have a long time to talk to her but was able to give her some information. And when I said, can I ask you why? She said, I don't know. And I said, honey, that's actually not a good answer. All I'm saying is it's a real thing out here, but if girls understood their worth in the eyes of the Lord and who they are in him, And some of that is tied into not teaching creation. We talked about Elohim. And when you Mm. deny that we are created in the image of God, the prevailing attitude out there, I think, in the world is that our bodies are separate. Bodies are just bodies, Mm -hmm. so you can do with them whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But you can't separate what you do physically from how it affects you emotionally. No, because our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and we're to take care of it. And that, that is scripturally sound, too. God is so good. Because he has the remedy. Yeah. He tells us all the time. I was going to say, let's bring the hope in. Yes. And then we'll go into it again next week. There's forgiveness if you 
are listening to this and you've already messed up or you know your kids are out there doing all kinds of stuff, yes. it's not a hopeless thing. No, it's starting over again. Yeah. He's a good God. I, I would never talk about this topic if I did not know that there was a good God that is a redeeming, restoring, faithful, faithful God. Can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Absolutely. How many times I've told those kids, if you change your life around right here, I'll be mm-hmm. talking to sophomores and juniors. I said, look, this is, you change us around. You walk this thing out in the Lord Mm -hmm. and you go to your wedding night, it will feel like it's new. I said, so God's not forgotten. He's not given up. He's just trying to say, this is not what I want for you. Look, he said that to the lady go and sin no more. The lady caught in adultery. Yes. And the guy she was with was not her husband. He didn't yell at her. He didn't condemn her. He told her to go and sin no more. He didn't say you, you should have known better than that. So that's not what this is. It's, it's living a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We want a lifestyle that's rendered in him, not the lifestyle that's rendered in the world. Right. Woke culture would laugh. They would laugh me off the stage mm-hmm. talking like this. You know, I used to bring up Oprah and Ellen because they were such big talk show hosts. Oprah would laugh me off of the stage. And I said, but you know what? I'm not standing before Oprah one day and neither are you. I said, you're going to stand before the father and we wouldn't be able to say, God, I messed up, but you already took care of it. So you're not coming to him in that way. You're moving on. And that's who he is. That's right. There's, There's absolutely forgiveness, but it's so much better to avoid needing that forgiveness. Yeah. Well, you know what? We all have made those mistakes. He says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. How many times do we have to ask for cleansing of unrighteous things that we do? It may not just be sex. It could be all kinds of other things that are unrighteous. So it's a big topic. We wanted to be able to talk to women that have kids, or even if you've walked this, You've been forgiven. And it's the enemy of our soul that comes back and said, don't you remember what you did? And see, that's where if we are still getting caught up with that voice that keeps saying, look what you did, then we're not finishing out what we need to do to keep saying, but God, you said. That's right. It's coming right back and saying, shut up. Because God said I was clean. He said, my sins are as far as the East is from the West. He forgave that abortion. He forgave, he forgave it. And so that's where we are able to speak life. I think it's in 1 Corinthians 5 and 6. Paul is addressing a situation in that church. Uh, The guy was sleeping with his stepmother. And so he tells them how to deal with it. And it Mm -hmm. seems pretty harsh, but it's, it's what was necessary in that situation. But then in 1 Corinthians 6, he goes on and he lists all these different sins, including sexual immorality. And he says, such were some of you. Yes. And I love that. That's past tense. Yes, correct. He's basically saying what you just said. That is not who you are anymore. Correct. Correct. So when that voice comes to you and says, look at you. Or what you did in your past. How are you ever going to tell your kids? That's a bunch of garbage. You have to push those voices out of there and say, just shut up. The woman at the well, we were just talking about her. She <clears throat> ran to the village to tell them. She was so excited. And obviously she experienced that regeneration, that freedom yes, and that's forgiveness right. that Christ that's right. offers. So. That's exactly who he is. All right. Well, we've got to wrap it up for this yep. episode, but we'll be back next week and we'll continue this conversation. Amen. We pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll come back next week for more truth and hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites. Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it. 
and share some hope.